This is our People podcast, telling the stories behind South Tyneside and Sunderland NHS Foundation Trust. Welcome in this episode, we are looking at the work of the radiology, radiology teams across our trust. Uh, we're joined by Paul Simpson and Dee Sixsmith, who are both experienced radiographers and now help oversee our teams. Uh, Paul, would you like to tell us a little bit about your career so far in the NHS and what you're now in charge of? Uh, yeah, I'm a diagnostic radiographer by trade. I've been working for the trust for 15 years since I qualified and from university. Um, I, I trained at Sunderland, so I've, I've been here throughout my entire career. Uh, originally, I was a, a general radiographer, so looking at the plain film department and going up to theatre, working on the wards, that kind of thing. Then I went back to university and did some further training to become what's called an advanced practitioner. So that's a radiographer or another healthcare professional that has undergone further training to take on what is traditionally part of a doctor's role. Uh, so in my case, it was reporting the x-rays as well as taking them. Um, so I specialise in, in trauma, um, bone imaging, for, for want of a better way of putting it. Um, so looking at when you've come into the emergency department and you've injured yourself, looking at those x-rays and deciding whether or not there is actually something showing as wrong on that. Um, I did that for about four or five years before I then got my current role, um, which is the operational manager for the department. So I, I alongside D, look after the day-to-day running of the department, make sure that everything is as it should be and we've, the service is, is running in the best way possible, but looking at the, the future as well, so how we need to develop the service to, to, make, to meet current demand and future demand, looking at the equipment and making sure that that's up to date, anything that needs replacing is obviously taken through the right processes and done, and just making sure that you know we can provide the best possible service we can to the patients. Quite a busy job then. Yes, yes. <laughs> and D. Uh, so I currently do the same job alongside Paul, um, so we're both the operational managers, so as Paul said, what this is what we do kind of do on a day-to-day basis. My background is as a radiographer as well, um, however I had a slightly different pathway to Paul. I, tra- I trained in Warrington and qualified in 2006 and worked in Manchester for about eight years. And then I moved up to the northeast in 2014 to undertake the same course Paul did to become a plain film reporter, doing um, reporting on sort of any traumas when you come in, you break your bones, that sort of thing. But before that, um, I used to do a lot of work in cardiology and interventional radiology. So it's probably an area of radiology that's not known um, by a lot of people, even within sort of the medical circles. So we work alongside the cardiologists in cardiology, looking at the vessels around the heart. Um, I was really privileged to work as part of the PCI service, which is basically where if you're having a heart attack, we can unblock your arteries there and then. Um, So quite challenging, uh, very poorly patients, but really satisfying because patients come in very, very unwell and go out essentially fine um so that was really really good fun for want of a better term very satisfying Um, really satisfying yeah difficult at times but really really satisfying when you know things work out and then I'd used to do a lot of work in interventional radiology so this is a part of radiology where basically we look at anything that's got a blood vessel in it um and we can do loads of weird and wonderful things of opening arteries up or blocking things off if maybe a tumour's got a blood supply that if we can stop that blood supply we'll obviously make that tumour go smaller there's it's a huge huge area and it's sort of one of the areas of radiology where it's not just diagnose, di- uh, diagnosis as well it's like therapeutic as well as obviously taking the imaging 
so that was kind of my former life uh, back in the northwest. And then I yeah I moved to the northeast in 2014. Did my reporting course, was reporter for a few years, and then also as Paul says, got the job alongside Paul in 2019, just in time for the pandemic. Team Emerson, and you've already touched on quite a few different uh, terms and descriptions there. So you've used plain film, and you've talked about cardiology, and you talked about being a diagnostic uh, radiographer. Like people generally think it's about X-rays and some of our scans. What kind of depths of things do you do? What what kind of range of um, tasks do your department take care of? So I think we've already touched on that. I think when most people think of radiology, X-ray, you think of X-rays and you think of the you fall over and you hurt your wrist and you go to A and E and then you go and get an X-ray and then you get a, a cast put on and then you get a follow-up and that's kind of our bread and butter. We do a lot of that and a lot of. Um, playing film x-ray in and I think that's what most people know and then I think a lot of people know about CT scanning um, which because we use a lot of CT scanning I think it's probably our biggest demand at the moment um, especially with like the recovery um, and I think a lot of patients and general population have probably aware of a CT scan they might have had one or know someone who's been for one um, but alongside in radiology we also do MR scanning so this is MRI scanning um, which doesn't use radiation, it uses magnetic magnets to sort of create images. It's um, really technical and uh, slightly magical <laughs> in my mind. Um, and it's really good at looking at different things, different parts of the body, different tissues. Um, so we use it for very different things. So some, some people might get sent for a CT scan, whereas others be sent for an MR scan because it'll be better to show up other things. Um, if anybody's had one, they're quite they're usually quite long. It's not a quick um, exam, and it can be quite noisy because there's a lot of uh, noise around the machine. Um, and then we also have ultrasound, which people kind of link with um, sort of pregnancy is where most people know it from. Uh, again, we use it obviously for obstetrics in pregnancy, but we use it for a whole host of other stuff as well. A, a lot of um, abdominal work we do. We do some vascular work, so looking at vessels. We also do like uh, musculoskeletal, so, so any, I think we call it lumps and bumps. So if there's any sort of a weird lump or bump somewhere, you'll probably get sent by your GP for an ultrasound first um, because it's a good way of seeing like what it is and whether we need to do anything else. Again, with ultrasound, we don't use x-rays, so there's no sort of radiation implications there. And they're relatively quick as well, aren't they? You get quite quick responses, I imagine. Yeah, I think with... Ultrasound is probably the one area, correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, um, where actually you, because it's done by the operator who then does the report as well, so most of our sonographers or our doctors who do ultrasound actually then also do the report. So you get the exam and the report at the same time, whereas if you come for an X-ray or a CT scan or an MR scan, um, what you'll get is you'll be scanned by the person scanning you, but actually it'll be a specialist doctor who then reports it. So there's a bit of a wait time there. So the turnaround time for the actually getting the report for Ultrasound is generally a lot better uh, than it is in other areas, just because of the nature of the imaging. What have I missed out? Yeah, <laughs> really, I think you've, you've covered most areas. And the only thing I would add is that it's kind of a horses of courses affair. Um, as Dee says, you know, different tests show different things in different ways. So it, it's a case of we'll send you for the best imaging that we can um, for whatever it is that we're looking at for you. So sometimes that means that you might have to wait a little bit longer for an MRI scan than going for an X ray. But actually, the amount of information we're going to get from that is so much better that, you know, we'll have the ability to, to 
you know, see what is wrong, if anything, you know, much easier than doing a different exam. And how do you decide what the best um, procedure is, what the, the best check is? What, how do you make that decision? Or is that made by a clinician and then you pick it up? Or So the clinicians will see the patient and then make a request. And we always say it's a request rather than an order because that request comes into radiology and then it's generally looked at by either one of the radiographers, one of the advanced practitioners, or when it comes to things like CT and MR, it's usually a radiologist, and they will look at that clinical history and any other imaging that patient's had and actually decide, is this the best test for this patient at this time? Um, sometimes when the radiologists um, are rep- making the report, they might recommend some further imaging, so they might have seen something, but actually gone, oh, that we could see this better if you had this other scan or something else. And we um, have... A- two hospitals a lot of people know about but we actually have quite a large service over a wide geographical area um do you want to tell us a little bit more about how the team works and where they're based and and what they offer yes yeah, so we have as you say our two main sites at Sunderland Royal and South Townside District General um, and they provide the, the services to the hospital so that's the emergency department all the inpatients lots of outpatient work as well uh, but we also have as you say community sites um, dotted around um, so we have Panama's Community Hospital which we provide plain film and ultrasound imaging from and we have Horton Primary Care Centre, which is the same, has plain film and ultrasound. Uh, Grindon Lane does the same, Washington. And we also have a couple of sites that aren't in use at the moment, but we can use um, at Bunny Hill and Seaham. And it's really, you know, it gives us that extra capacity. And, um, you know, there isn't a lot of space in the hospital to put more equipment in, and we need more equipment all the time. But it also means that we can bring the, the diagnostic test a bit closer to the, to the patients. We all know that getting parked on the hospital sites and you know getting to the hospital sites can be a bit of a nightmare. So actually, if we can go out into these community centres and um, these you know primary care centres and do some of the imaging there, it, it's a much better experience for the patient. And presumably, patients really appreciate the fact that they don't have to make that journey, perhaps when they're not feeling too good. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you know, just the ease of actually being able to, to pull up uh, park for free most of these centres walk in, have your x-ray and walk to your back out again without actually having to fight your way through the hordes of the hospital. Um, sit in a wet, busy waiting area that you know you probably will end up being delayed because an emergency will come in. Um, you know, it, it just makes it a much better experience for the patient. Yeah. Um, we also run something called something called community diagnostic centres, which people might not have heard of. Do you want to give us a little bit more detail about what they are and what they do? So this is a, a new national initiative which basically builds on what I was just saying about taking the diagnostic tests out into the community. Um, and bringing the testing closer to people. So rather than bringing people to the test, it's taking the test to the people. Um, so this came on off on the back of a, a national report that came out a couple of years ago um, that says to improve diagnostics as a whole. So not just imaging all diagnostics, so this includes endoscopy and um, things like ECGs and echo exams. Um, we need to obviously provide more capacity, uh, provide more of these tests, but do it in a different way um, from how it's already been done. So one thing that we learned during the pandemic was actually it was really difficult to separate outpatient activity from, you know, the acute inpatient activity. So this is kind of what led to a lot of work stopping in the first phase of the the pandemic was because we didn't want to bring people into the hospital where we knew that there was COVID infections and the risk was higher for what is relatively routine outpatient exam. So, you know, it was deemed safer at the time to just postpone them or cancel them outright. Well, in future we need to learn from that and actually say right well we'll have what we'll class as a cold site so one that is covid secure um isn't in the middle of you know the ongoing issues that the hospital are facing but that means that we can actually be on those diagnostics 
So as I said, this is a national initiative. Different places are doing it in different ways. Some are using mobile vans to go into supermarket car parks. Um, you know, some places are building um, centres in like shopping malls and things. Um, we're doing it slightly different at South Townside and Sunderland um, because we already have a number of vans that we're using to increase our capacity. Um, so we're, we're just going to focus them down into a, an actual purpose-built building which is being built at the South Townside site at the moment. So it's a, a £10 million facility that we're building in partnership with Alliance Medical which is going to give us additional CT and MRI capacity in the trust um, and mean that, you know, yes it is on hospital site and there will be you know some of the issues around parking and things I'm sure that there are in other places but actually it's a dedicated building it's got its own front door you don't need to come into the hospital and actually you know it's purpose built for this um, kind of activity and um, so you know it, it's just going to make the outpatient imaging much much better for the patients yeah. in the long run and that they don't have to go to a, a van in the car park. It will be much nicer than the car park. Um, we see this very close to um, where we're based in the communications team, and it's been really good to see the building take shape. It's it's now at pace. The the roof's on, um, and I think we're looking forward to welping welping patients towards the end of the year, um, so, which will be really good. Uh, is there is there a good buzz about it among the team? Yeah, I mean, we're really excited to get these this extra capacity online, and you know, to, to help speed up diagnostics for our patients. We we recognise that our waiting lists aren't necessarily where we want them to be at the moment. And you know we do want to bring them down into a, a more reasonable time frame, but we need more scans to do that. Um, you know, the national demand for radiology is increasing year on year, um, and, and we've been asked to um, provide one hundred and twenty percent of our two thousand nineteen activity um, nationally um, to try and you know cope with the recovery um, post pandemic to, to make sure we get back onto track. But obviously that means that we need to more scanners to scan people on it. It's not just a case of you know, uh, you know, we'll just squeeze more people through. We can't shorten the exams. You know, we still need to provide high quality imaging to the patients. So it's how actually do we we get more patients through the door and more patients examined. So one of the easiest way, obviously, is to put more machines in. So this is costly and um, the staffing implications as well. Nationally, we need four thousand additional radiographers over what we've got now, and um, that was also identified in the Richards report I was talking about earlier. Um, so there's lots of challenges ahead, but. We see that personally as a, a as an exciting challenge that you know we need to think outside the box, look at how we've done things traditionally and how we can do things differently in the future to improve radiology services across the board, not just at South Tyson and Sunderland, but nationally. And you know, Dee and I are very heavily involved in regional conversations about how we can manage this. It, it's not just South Tyson and Sunderland that are having these issues; it, it is a national problem. But it, it's also you know, an opportunity for us to, to improve services and not just do things the way that have already been done. There was already demand for our services before the pandemic and then that's really made a very uh, focused situation because we've got people waiting to come in. What what are the reasons for demands on your service? Why they rise and do you know why that might be? Is it because more are being ordered because the system's getting better? What, what do you see the reasons for the d- demand rising? Because we know it's predicted for the years ahead. Yeah, I think it's just been it's been rising year on year, hasn't it? And I think we've never, I think we've never really, as a as a department, as a service, we've it, we've never been sort of at the forefront. And I think with the Mike Richards report, uh, I've got the official title, but it's very long. Um, the actually, we'll link to it. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but it's sort of shone a light on it. And then I think um, not to, but I think COVID's really made that apparent as well. Um, we've got you know we're all living a lot longer. The advances in science are moving on fantastically. You know, you had a cancer diagnosis probably even 10 years ago, but certainly 20 years ago, and actually it was sort of 
you had cancer and that was it whereas now there's so many things that they can do and that the specialties can do outside of radiology that actually we need more and more and more imaging and it's not just imaging to make that diagnosis it's then the follow-up for that so you know if you go for some treatment um you know previously you would have had one ct scan and then it might have been some palliative treatment and that would be sort of your uh, imaging sort of journey whereas now you come for that treatment then you go and have some surgery or we do something as a you know as a hospital and then you come for a follow-up scan at three months at six months and then maybe every six months or every year um going forward and then you live for another 20 years so we've gone from one scan to maybe 25 scans and i think the advances in our technology within imaging so we're seeing so much more and um, we're seeing so much more on the ct scans on the even even with playing film like the things you see now from probably when we trained when it was bits of film because i well i'm that old i am too I <laughs> And it's so much more technically advanced. Than yeah, it was. so you just you see so much more when it's even with the MR scans, with the ultrasound scans, with the plain film, with everything. The the imaging quality. It, I, I suppose it's why if you think about your cameras, your phones. You know what we used to be able to do on your phones when phones first came out. To now what we do on them, it's just moved on massively. If you think about that from an imaging point of view, it's the same thing. You know, before we might have seen a vague shadowy lump, and now we see exactly what it is, and so we've got a better idea of how to then treat it. Um, but it does just mean more more imaging. More scans. And we're trying to get as many people through as we possibly can. So what is the team doing to try and um, get as many of our patients through that, this as they... Our teams have been manage? amazing, haven't they? They were Absolutely. amazing through the pandemic, all just pulling together. Um, we are, um, without sounding really clichéd, a, a, quite a good family and everyone does pull together when, when things get hard. Um, and the pandemic definitely showed us that. I think we were really proud of our teams at that time and still are. <laughs> Um, but actually the recovery's probably been harder um, because, you know, there's just, we're asking more and more and more and we've been asking for 18 months now. Um, but we are really lucky that we've just had a new scanner at South Tyneside, a new CT scanner. And whilst that was being built, we had a box scanner on site. So we've actually got two scanners at South Tyneside now. So hopefully we're going to be uh, staffing that because, again, having the equipment, as Paul said, doesn't necessarily mean you need to have the staff as well. So we're finding some staff to staff that. So hopefully we're increasing our capacity through that. Um, our staff are doing extra lists and are working really, really hard um, to put things on to sort of help help out and get more patients through. And then I think with the IDC, the Imaging Centre at South Tyneside coming online, hopefully by the end of the year, that'll make a big difference. We've been looking at how we can manage our recruitment moving forwards as well. So, you know, we have these short-term pressures, but we need to look at the, the future, and that's what T and I have been focusing on for the last 12 months. So we're working in partnership with one of the local universities, Sunderland University, to see if we can develop a further radiography course so we can train more radiographers in universities. And presumably keep them in the region as well. Yeah. That, yeah, one hope is that, I mean, because of geography where Sunderland and South Towns are we were in the middle of our two university providers down at Teesside in Middlesbrough and Cumbria over in Carlisle we, we have students from both of them but it means that we do get students from outside of our area quite a lot so we'll spend three years training them produce really good radiographers because I think we're, we're quite good at training radiographers yeah, we are. at, at <laughs> Sunderland um, but then they move back close to home which I cannot blame them for um, you know everybody 
would prefer to be working closer to home, I'm sure. Apart from me that, and you. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I was that because you are, neither of you are from the North East, you're from the other side of the country. So, Dee, where are you originally from? I'm originally from Wigan. From Wigan. And you're originally from? Uh, just outside of Barrow in South Cumbria. Oh, right, okay. Um, and uh, we have a campaign here in the North East called Find Your Place. Uh, and if anybody's listening and they want to give it a quick search, the, fan, the website's really, really good. And it's all about bringing in... Um, medical professionals into the northeast but also keeping them here because uh, it's really lovely um so what kind of brought you to the northeast if you don't mind me asking and what's kept you what's kept you with us for me it was a job opportunity um so i moved up for the job the reporting course to do the job um essentially if i'm being totally honest thought i would come do the course do a couple of years and then go somewhere else um and totally fell in love with the northeast fell in love with the coastline um, have now met my other half and had a child and bought a house so I'm not going anywhere, not anywhere. you're all stuck with me um, I think my friends in Manchester kind of expected me to move back um, but actually it's just such a beautiful part of the world the people are amazing I really, I just, you can't ask for nicer people um, and I think I was just kind of a bit overwhelmed by genuinely how lovely everybody is and everyone just speaks to you it's sort of it's very different. Very friendly. Like, yeah, very friendly. It's very much like where I where I grew up, but probably less so sort of city centre Manchester where less people kind of probably talk in that big city situation. Um, but yeah, I just love it here. Love my job. Love love where I'm working. Love the people I work with. I was going to say that <laughs> earlier that, you, you know, while you might be dealing with some really serious situations, it's a, it can be a fun job, presumably, because you pull together and you keep each other going and you're all, you know, working... To, to, to get that brilliant result for the patient. I think anywhere in the NHS is quite like that, isn't it? Um, I think radiographers, we always say this, it, we're kind of a bit of a niche set of people. Um, we're all quite similar, even though we're all quite different, um, if that makes any yeah. sense. You found, you found your fellow... Yeah. You feel at home with people. And I don't know, if, I think Paul will agree, a lot of my friends are radiographers. Um, in fact, I, I can probably count on one hand how many of my friends aren't radiographers. Um, yeah, and you, the same. <laughs> yeah, um, it just we tend to all just gravitate towards each other, and we do tend to get on. I think we've all just got a slightly weird outlook on things and mindset. Yeah, I think we've <laughs> all got quite similar personality traits. Um, and I mean, for me, the things that attracted me to radiography, uh, one, I get to help people, but after you know, I know my personality that nursing probably isn't for me I get very frustrated with some of the things that the nurses have to do and you know hats off to them um, yeah. I, I certainly couldn't do the job but my mum's a nurse um, so you know I, I've seen firsthand at all it, it, it takes nursing and I don't think I could do that um, but I still wanted to, to go into a health profession and, and to help people but actually I'm a, a bit of a geek at heart as well and I think most radiographers probably are so do you enjoy working with the technology exactly so that, you know the fact that you know the t- technology is being updated every year that everything's changing is really a, quite a technical job it was the other thing that attracted me to, to radiography and I think you see a lot of that in radiographers that we're all a little bit nerdy geeky um, but actually we, we really care about people as well so it just means that we we all come together as, as Dee said before a bit of a family rather than just work colleagues mm-hmm. uh, for me I trained at Sunderland as a student radiographer um, back in the day so I've actually been here for over 17 years now since I started as a student and when I qualified and was looking for my first job got offered a number of jobs around the country um, but when I got offered one at Sunderland it was you know easy for me to say yes because actually I already knew the people and the people were absolutely fantastic and that's kind of what attracted me into the department first of all but similar to D, my original plan was to get a couple of years of experience under my belt and then move on to maybe bigger and better things was my thought but actually we do so much at, at South Tyneside and Sunderland already that 
there isn't really bigger and better out there. I know a lot of trusts, particularly in the region, will think that they are bigger and better than us, but uh, you know, we, we do all sorts. So as Dee said before, you know, we have the cardiac cafe labs where we, you know, we treat people in the middle of having a heart attack. We have interventional radiography, um, radiology where you know, we can go in and you know, fix blood vessels and things. We have integrated theatres where you know, there, are, there is an X-ray machine built into the theatre and we can actually you know, use imaging during operations. We, we do a lot of interoperative imaging actually for orthopaedics as well. You know, we have urology, we have um, rheumatology. There's so much going on in South Tanks yeah. and Sunderland actually for a radiographer. You, you know, you can keeps you on your toes, keeps you challenged, yeah. keeps you interested. Yeah, and absolutely. I think, but it, it means that no two radiographers have the same job either um, because there is such a wide range of things that we can do. Um, you know, you can come in and you can specialise. So, you know, I've got friends and colleagues that, you know, I, I train with at the same time and none of us have the same job anymore. We, we're all radiographers all but yeah. none of us actually do the same thing yeah. <laughs> exactly because we've all gone down slightly different career paths so you know it, it's as i was saying before it's horses for courses for the patients and the exams that they have but it's the same for the radiographers because you know it's so varied you can do nearly anything that you want um, so you might have set out to do one role and actually you find yourself doing something different because that's what interests you or you find yourself good at absolutely and you know, i had no intention of going into management at first when you know i first qualified i actually wanted to be a ct radiographer and i've been nowhere near ct <laughs> since i qualified because you know my, my career took me in a different direction and actually i found new things and you know when i qualified when dequalified advanced practice was a thing but it wasn't a huge thing and actually you know it's growing year on year because there's a radiologist um, shortage as well as a radiographer shortage, so why not upskill that yeah. workforce? And I think you're a prime example, as are, uh, there's a few staff um, who work with us, who trained with us and have moved up the ranks. Um, I mean, Luke's another prime example, someone who came in um, and has literally worked all the way up, and now he's a reporting radiographer as well, but like the same as you, Paul, you've come as a student, you've you know got your degree, you've done your postgraduate, you're now sat in doing our job um actually there's there is that progression there for that we can take an almost homegrown staff and work with them and try and get them and i think that's something we're both as advanced practitioners we're both really passionate about is actually like uh, upskilling the talent we've already got we work with some really great people and not everybody wants to go and be a reporting radiographer or wants to do you know intervention or management or whatever but actually if we've got that opportunity for people to do this it's a fantastic you know uh, pathway that people can follow and yeah. um, we're, we, we're really um, both champion advanced practice quite a lot yeah but we're also applying that mindset to our recruitment issues in general and um, so you know we've started new corporate new schemes within the department um, to try and upskill our homegrown talent not just the radiographers into our advanced practitioners but our support workers into radiographers because you know we've got this team of really excellent support workers who have worked in the department for a long time you know know the department inside out know what the job entails inside out can look after the patients with their eyes shut because they're all excellent at, at what they do but actually why not use that talent and, and upskill them and, and train them to be radiographers and um, so that's what we're doing at the minute so we're working in partnership with Teesside University and um, to uh, with some apprenticeships so we've got two apprenticeship schemes on the go in the department at the moment we've got our um, support worker to what's called an assistant practitioner um, who is essentially an unqualified radiographer so they take the imaging but um, they don't have the, the registration that a radiographer would have um, but we're also upskilling our existing assistant practitioners to become radiographers using apprenticeships as well so that, that's one of the things we're looking at to try and increase the workforce but we've also been really fortunate that we've worked closely with our workforce development colleagues in, in the trust and set up the Get Into Radiography scheme as well, which is designed to attract people in kind of college leavers into working in the NHS 
Um, so we, we bring them in, um, give them a job as a support worker, give them all the training we would give to a support worker normally to, to teach them what we do in the department and how to look after the patients. But we also put them on a healthcare diploma um, course as well that then gives them the qualifications they would need to progress into doing the apprenticeships if that's the route that they want to take. So actually that means we can take local people, um, you know, local college leavers, bring them into healthcare and then start upskilling them through the ranks um, and, and then training them as qualified healthcare professionals. Because what does it take to become a radiographer? What are you looking for when you're taking people on or if somebody's listening to this and thinking, I wonder if this is a career for me, what kind of what do they need to set them on that initial path? And you've also talked about uh, support work. So is there a kind of, what is the, I don't know whether it would be progression or what's the kind of order of careers, what do you have to go through? So, I mean, for either role, really a support worker or a radiographer, I think the primary thing that you need to be able to do is look after people. Um, you know, that's what we're all here for in the day is to look after patients and we all do it slightly differently. You know, the nurses will look after them in one way, the physios look after them in a different and radiographers in a third. But but we're all here for the patient, um, and that's the thing that, you know, is really key and it's difficult to teach actually. You know, you you've either got the personality type where you, you are a caring person that will go above and beyond to look after somebody else, or you're not. Not having that personality trait isn't necessarily a bad thing, and you know there's lots of careers out there, but probably healthcare isn't the, the best route for those people. Um, but once you've got that, you know, you come into the, the into the professions. You know, again, it, it's I keep saying it, but it's horses of course. There's so many different professions in the NHS that you can go into, and and use that caring ability to then actually fit in with what you want to do. So as I said, radiographers tend to be a bit geeky. Physios tend to be a bit sporty, um, OTs tend to be a bit crafty, don't they? And being very generalised <laughs> yeah. here, but uh, yeah. essentially, yeah, we are we are all a little bit geeky. Yeah. Um, but do you I need mean, that kind of interest in technology and how things work? And I, I'd say it's kind of it's an interest. It's so my sister's a radiographer as well. Oh. Um, is in fact she's a reporting radiographer in the northeast. Um, she'll hurt, she'll hate me now. <laughs> um, so I fuck, almost followed her into radiography to be honest because she's older than me, a lot older than me. Should we give her a shout out? Where does she work? On she works at North Tees and she's called Helen Stewart and she Hello. is a plain film reporter and she's very good. And I would like her to come work for me, but she won't. <laughs> we can keep trying. Yeah, we keep trying. No. Um, but she, oh God, she's going to kill me, honestly. Um, she would t- honestly, hand and heart, say she's not very technically minded um, from a technology point of view, but she's got the ability, the interest in the imaging, so the interest in the the sort of looking at the images, and she's learned the technology side of it that goes along with it. So it's a really good radiographer because she does have that technical side, whereas I think you're probably even more geeky, Paul, because yeah. you are... You really like the technology, and we do sometimes joke that it's Paul from IT because he's really good at helping us all out. Um, but I'd say a lot of the radiographers are like the imaging and the technology when it comes to the imaging things, but you don't necessarily need to know how to do a four page, yeah, four page PowerPoint presentation and know what you, you know. You don't need to know all that to come in. We can teach you about the technology as well. Absolutely, yeah. It's we, having that interest, yeah, I think. We, we can definitely teach people how to do radiography how to be a radiographer but we can't teach them that the, the care inside of it and then, you know, they, they wouldn't have that from the, the start but you know um, as I was saying there's, there's just so much right in healthcare that actually you know if you've got a slight interest in anything then you know the, the career's out there for you great stuff um, um, what do you both love about the job what kind of what gives you the buzz 
I think I've always said what I love about doing radio graffiti is just meeting people, talking to people. As you can probably tell, I quite like chatting. Um, That's an essential skill if you want to deal with patients. It's uh, and staff. Find out about people's lives and just even though you get a tiny little snippet, don't you? Generally, we don't. We're not really like the nurses on the wards or um, people that we don't deal with our patients for a long time. You know, we deal with a lot of patients over for a short period of time. Most in most parts of our profession, um, but you can find out so much in such a small amount of time. Just chatting to people, sort of helping people from that side of it. But yeah, no two days are the same. Every day there's something different. There's different challenges. Um, you will literally have no idea what you're going to walk into. But in a good way, it's very. It's not mundane. It's not boring. You might do the same. You know, you might do chest X-rays all day, or you might do. You know, you might do hands and feet X-rays all day. But actually, every single patient will be completely different that you're you're seeing, and every exam is completely different. Um, and you just get into work. I think one of the big things for me for radiography was getting to work on my own like independently but having that team support so the way a lot of our um imaging modalities are set up is we have like lots of rooms um so you'll have maybe two ct scanners off a certain you know uh work spot and we have the same in mr at, at sunderland uh, where there's two mr scanners but the kind of the staff are in the same place so you almost and our plain film rooms are set up like that so you basically you go into the room and you work in maybe on your own or with one of a member of staff but there's any queries or issues you've got the rest of that team there to support you and I think that's a for me it's really nice to be part of the team but you also get to go out on your own and do your own thing um but yeah just every day is different and I just just helping people it's just nice yeah absolutely I think I like the challenge that every patient is different as well I mean it's a bit of problem solving for me and that's kind of what I like and that you know as he says you can be doing chest x-ray after chest x-ray but every patient is slightly different and you've got to do what you're doing slightly differently for that patient to make sure that you get the best quality imaging you can. So, you know, the, the textbooks will say that you stand your patient in a certain position and you you put your x-ray tube in this place and you point it in this at this angle. But actually, most patients can't do that because, you know, not everybody's textbook, particularly in a hospital when, you, you, you know, you've got little old ladies coming in and they're curled up in a ball on the trolley and you think, well, how on earth am I going to start getting hip x-rays on, on this person? So actually, you know, there's a lot of problem solving involved in the job as well, and that's what I like, and it's that satisfaction of actually, you know, you've got, you've worked through this problem, you've, you've done what you need to do to get the best quality image you can, and then that's going to go on and help this patient. Um, you've talked about some of the challenges there with patients. Is that is that what you look for in your staff as well, is to have how to, to bring the best out of the patient to get the best results, to get the best scans, and also presumably just to being nice and make it a good experience for them yeah I think that, like you said before personality and being able to have that care inside of you is really helpful I think the problem solving comes with experience and we find that a lot with our students sort of they come in and doing the 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 quote unquote easy patients you know the the able body patients who are walking in they don't have a problem with but you start putting those challenges in and they do start to um find it more difficult but then there's a lot of there's a wealth of experience in the people that they're working with the people who've done this job for 5 10 15 20 25 years in some cases barbara bell what is it 51 51 years where does she work she works at south tyneside at the moment she's retiring next month I'm absolutely devastated. Um, but yeah, you know, there's so much experience that people can pass down and that helps you then do that problem solving. 
um, and work work around things. You might see, you know, Paul might do something one way and I might do it slightly differently, and the the, the staff can pick up on that and be like, oh, actually, I'm going to try that next time, or you know, what? Do you, and again, it goes back to that like teamwork. I might be struggling with a patient in a room, and I might say to Paul, or oh, you know, what do you think of this? How would you do it? And it's sort of that idea sharing quite a lot. And it's presumably quite hard hard to juggle those tasks of um, dealing with the patient, but also doing the technology. Does that come with time? Yeah, I think that comes with time. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I always liken it a bit to driving a car. You know, um, when you first start driving a car, it's like you don't know what to do when. You, you're really concentrating on what you're having to do and press the buttons at the right time. Um, but once you've been driving for a few years, it's kind of almost muscle memory and you don't really necessarily think about it as much. But, you know, you go to reverse around that corner to turn around, it, you're not going to do it in the way that you were taught because that corner isn't, you know, a textbook corner either. Um, and, and radioc is exactly the same so you might be doing that chest x-ray it's not the same way that you were taught but you're just doing it but you're not actually necessarily thinking about it either you, you know it, it's that experience and that skill that the radiographers have to look at that patient and make a snap assessment and do what they need to do whilst they're chatting about the weather or you know what was on the t- uh, tv last night you know that kind of thing what do you think comes next for radio like what's next for the for radiography it's difficult to say because the technology is advancing so fast all the time I think the, the next big thing on the horizon for radiology seems to be AI um, so artificial intelligence Right. Um, so there's already companies out there that are using you know computer programs that help kind of streamline the process a little bit so as Dee said you know the, the reporting process is, is quite a long involved one and actually sitting and looking at a CT exam which might have 1500 images in it and that's pretty average for a CT exam these days you know um, somebody's got to sit for it and look at every single one of those images at some point. Actually, we can use AI to, to kind of point us in the right direction. Um, I'm not personally convinced they're going to take over the role of a radiologist no. um, entirely. Although you need I've, that I've, human I've, element. Yeah, absolutely. Um, although I think you know some people do see that as the future, that actually computers will just start reporting images. I don't personally think that's what's going to happen or necessarily the best way forward. But I think as a, a stratifying tool that says actually, you know, um, Mrs X has had her CT scan today actually I think you need to look at this first because th- there's possibly something on it whereas Mr Y um, he can wait a week because his looks relatively normal and um, I think that that's really exciting and actually that you know we can focus our real our most valuable resource our staff where it's needed soonest and Dave what are you looking forward to? I just I had um, everything. I'm always very excited about most things. I think we're in a really, really um, exciting phase with post recovery from COVID. I think as a department, we've got a little bit more recognition from the trust and from the wider world. I think with the Richards report, it's definitely from the like a, a governmental point of view has really shone a light on imaging, um, and we're really utilising that to sort of go forward and get. You know, new equipment, more staff, more training, um, like schemes and different things like that. Um, I think within radiology, the big thing is we're very much a service, so we have to react to other people. So if NICE decide that we're going to start doing such a scan for a certain type of patient, then we have to sort of almost react to that. So we're very much every day is sort of planning for something that we don't know what's going to happen we as much as we look after our service we very much react to all the other specialties you know if cardiology needs something or whether urology need to start doing different scans or different things we kind of have to fit that in so it's just it's just exciting just trying to make sure we can keep up with the demand and do the best by our patients really and we'll be looking to the welcome new staff as, as time goes on to, to boost the team and that will only further our work as well
Yeah, yeah definitely. absolutely. And I think we need to give a, a shout out to our international recruits as well. Mm-hmm. So we've recently taken on 11 international radiographers who have come from all over the world to, to come and work with us, which I think is, you know, it's absolutely terrifying for them, you know, coming to a strange country and uprooting their entire lives to come and work somewhere else. But, uh, you know, it, it's such a, a valuable resource again in chess international recruitment. Um, and it's got to be done in a safe and ethical way. We don't want to be robbing Peter to pay Paul. We don't want to take, you know, staff and create issues in other countries. But actually, we know that there are countries out there that have surplus of certain staff groups. So why not work with them to try and bring them into where our gaps are? Um, but it's it just a huge thank you to the ones that have come to us already because you know they're already making a huge difference to the teams um, but yeah it's absolutely something that I would never do because it's just a terrifying prospect and we couldn't have really chosen anywhere more welcoming or a, a better place to be we try, yeah I tried to be and I think um, you know we moved over from the west and stayed yeah. so we're hoping that the, the pull and the draw and the, the thing that made us stay will hopefully make them them stay and set down roots and actually enjoy their life working with us and in Sunderland and South Tyneside as well because you know we love it up here oh, that's brilliant thank you very much not a problem thanks for joining us for this episode of our people podcast We hope you enjoyed it and check out our other stories. Hit subscribe to keep up with the latest and catch up with what we've been up to on our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages. Just search for our name.